You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. Today we're going to be having a discussion about a couple of items that surveyors, I think for the most part, are aware of, but probably not familiar with in the overall scheme of things as far as surveyors go. Some surveyors obviously get involved in in this type of work, not particularly with the types of, of procedures, if that's the right technology that we're talking about. And so what we're going to be talking about is civil information modeling and building information modeling. I think our audience probably is a bit more familiar with building information modeling only if only because they perhaps have heard the the term BIM. Um, that we hear that a lot, although when we talk about it in front of audiences I'm not really sure they know what it is. So to help alleviate that problem and to talk about some things that are happening in the world of, of CIM and BIM, uh, I have two really great guests today. I have Steve Hutzel and I have Louis Bush. Uh, Louis and I have known each other for quite some time. I don't even remember how long, Louis, but it's been a while. And so, Steve and, and Lou, both thank you for joining me today. Our pleasure. Thank you for having me, Bert. Appreciate you being on, on the call. Um, just to provide a little bit of background for the folks who are with me today, Steve Hussle is the Chief of Geospatial Section of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Seattle District. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about what that entails. And Lou Bush is the Director of Survey with Bowman Consulting, uh, based uh, here in Virginia, actually, uh, close to us, but with offices all up and down the East Coast. Um, and Louie, you and I have talked before about uh, my my quasi connection to to Bowman through Gary, and of course some of, of the employees in the company. But I've known Gary for a really long time, and always uh, wish him well and all the things that he's doing. So, thank you both for being with me. So, to start off with, Steve, if you just give a little, uh, just a little bit of background about yourself, and then we'll do the same with Lou, and then we'll get right into our topics. Sure, I'm uh, chief of the geospatial section with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in the Seattle District. And uh, we support local, regional, and national uh, CAD and BIM and civil information modeling, SIM, and GIS um, products and tools and initiatives. So for us, uh, our sandbox for geospatial technologies expands that, that breadth of technologies and processes. Uh, it's uh, exciting stuff. We uh, we love what we do here. Uh, previously, yeah. I, I yes. I was just gonna, just just a quick question on that. In in all the work that you all do, um, I'm going to assume that it's basically connected to projects that the Corps is involved in. Is is part of the work done as as for lack of a better term, maybe we'll talk about this later. Uh, research, because I mean, a lot of times when new technologies like this come come along. Oftentimes, our government entities will become familiar with them, and then sometimes before the private sector does. And so, for the per- from the purposes that that you guys are doing, um, is it intended to be instructional? Uh, I guess maybe perhaps directly for your contractors, but not necessarily outside of that realm. Is that correct? No, we are involved in both um, you know, our local projects and uh, getting contractors engaged with. Uh, different BIMs and GIS uh, requirements, but it's also at the national level, core-wide. 
we have mandated requirements for those technologies to be on our projects. But we do also do some research and development. We have a, a CAD BIM Technology Center in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and we have um, Corps Engineers Research Laboratories, as well in Champaign, in Illinois, uh, doing various studies, different technologies, uh, laser scanning attributes, uh, collection to support life cycle processes. So it's a mixture for us. We like to take the research and development efforts. Um, apply some innovation to those and and then get them executed on local projects to see how they perform. But then there's just standard basic requirements that uh, most often came out of those research and development projects to begin with. So perhaps maybe you, you do like a pilot project or something. Um, yes, as yes, we do. As you're becoming, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, I'm, I'm asking some of these questions uh, as one who, particularly in the earlier parts of my career, did work directly for the Corps, um, as a contractor, uh, there was a, an installation down in the part of the country where I grew up at that time was known as Radford Army Ammunition Plant, mm-hmm. and it sat along the New River in the southwestern part of Virginia, built at the beginning of World War II, actually. They built this thing almost overnight because of you know how quickly the country got into World War II. But the Corps is one of our clients, and we did tons of work for them in there, and then we did uh, uh, stream modeling for, for flood determinations and those kind of things. So um, I'm always interested in, in the work that, that the Corps is doing just kind of because it's back in the beginnings of my of my surveying background and, and always enjoyed working working with the folks there. Fantastic. Um, Lou, of course, as I said, you and I have long, known each other a long time. So if you'd tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing now and um, all, and what your connection is in, in this whole BIM and SIM environment. Okay. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, uh, Kurt and I go way back, uh, further than I can probably remember, but uh, I serve as the Director of Survey with uh, Bowman Consulting. Um, we are very much involved in uh, some of the uh, new technology. Uh, I deal with both the uh, engineering side as well as the survey side, uh, but my emphasis is, uh, is, is the surveying. And uh, as we all know, surveying has evolved drastically over the, the past few years. I've got over 35 years of experience in uh, surveying and mapping. I'm a uh, professional surveyor mapper licensed in Florida. Uh, I've done everything from LIDAR, airborne and terrestrial, to uh, subsurface utility. And most recently, over the past oh, five, six years, I've gotten involved in building information management with the Building Smart Alliance. Uh, I also serve on the Transportation Research Board Subcommittee uh, AFB80, which is tying everything uh, geospatially, uh, data acquisition technologies and design and construction. Uh, But uh, the emphasis of this meeting is to share with you uh, my activity as an industry expert serving on the uh, Army Corps Industry BIM and SIM Consortia. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Steve uh, probably five years ago or so. I uh, was invited to join this. Uh, it is a, a group of industry as well as core uh, leaders, and it's kind of setting the stage for where we as surveyors have a huge opportunity to get involved. And hopefully through the course of this program today, we're going to be able to point out those opportunities and weigh in into, uh, you know, 
how surveying is is uh, being uh, operated, being done uh, to meet the needs uh, in this particular case of the Army Corps. Thanks for sharing that, Lou. Steve, I guess maybe a good way to start out, and we've used a little over half of our first segment, but that's okay because I wanted people to get to know the both of you. But um, I guess maybe the best way to start out is what what's the issue at, when we're talking about new technologies or, or solving problems of any kind, there's usually some issue that has caused that to happen. So help our audience understand that. Uh, yes, yeah, so kind of the uh, the issue that we're uh, addressing, what we're talking about today, is um, it's related to the efficiencies that we have seen with, with BIM over the years in the architectural engineering construction industry, um, where we're able to basically do a virtual representation of a building uh, during design. Um, we can model all the HVAC systems, structural systems, architectural systems, etc., and ensure everything fits properly and everything works properly prior to construction. So it's produced a um, nearly clash-free, uh, interference-free uh, process the industry uh, resulting in a drastic reduction in uh, requests for information during construction, you know, to clarify design issues, you know, change orders. We've seen a dramatic decrease. Uh, this is across the industry uh, in those types of, of changes, uh, oops, uh, during, during construction. Um, and I found myself sitting in quite a few project review meetings um, here in the district, and I, I would often hear that, well, we started uh, we started digging on a construction site today, and we discovered a, a a buried fiber optic duct bank that we didn't know was there, or we discovered a a sewer line that is not as deep as uh, we uh, as the as built has had told us they were. So all these things resulted in a delay in the project, and I kept hearing this over and over and over again. And it just seemed ironic that we, we've come across a solution for, for buildings yet on the site design of surface and subsurface design requirements, we were still facing delays and an increase in costs uh, due to um, discovery of unknown uh, features. Um, a huge delay for us on, on many, many projects. One of the big turning points for, for me to, to try and make, discover a solution to this issue was um, we had a, a project involved some duck banks and water storm gas lines and a storage tank that uh, either were undiscovered or not in the location uh, that the ASBIL said they were. And the end result was a million dollars in contract modifications. That was redesigned and regrading and significant project delays uh, in result with a 4% increase in project cost. And that is just not acceptable. Of course, these things don't happen on every project, but the effort is to try to develop a process to reduce that risk at minimal cost. Um, we believe we have found uh, a process that will help uh, the Corps of Engineers and industry do that. Um, unfortunately, these types of events with, with uh, discovery of the unknown, uh, construction, um, impacting schedules continue to happen, 
And it's uh, also, it, it's a life safety issue also. You know, what if we come across a gas line that is not what we thought it was and uh, it is disturbed and there's a, an accident endangering someone's life? So it's, it's more than just the facility itself, the project, it's uh, to take care of people out there also. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When, when you were talking about the life endangering part, of course, being somewhat selfish on thinking from a surveyor's perspective, um, I can see how it's also helpful in that way as well. I'm, when I think about those kind of things, I'm reminded of places that we've tried to get as surveyors sometimes when we were doing things a different way to get the information that's needed. And it's pretty risky, uh, climbing walls or um, I was doing a project once at a casino where they were going to do some renovations and my crew had to try to figure out how to get up to the top of the of the room um, to get the information that was needed for the job. And, and so... I can see that that uh, impact on both sides of the equation, both once you get into the project itself, but even from gathering the data. So we're about time to go to the break. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit how how you've figured out how to resolve all this. So let's go to our first break. We'll be right back. Attention surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. In our first segment, we were talking with uh, Lou and Steve about the issue. What, what is the issue? And, and Steve's done a really good job defining that. And, and you talked about finding a process uh, to, to make that work. So maybe you could go through that a bit, and then we can delve a little bit deeper into how the how the answer works, if that's the right way to phrase it. But no, uh, sure, tell, tell us what you came up with. Yeah, well, again, um, started this initiative based on our uh, good experiences with the bill information modeling. And I, I lead uh, the Youth States Industry BIM uh, Consortium, which is focused on BIM products and initiatives, and, and uh, create a, a parallel group called the Civil Information Consortium, uh, started back in 2012 to to address this issue initially. 
And in, in essence, it's it's bringing in the survey industry and uh, design construction firms, uh, deal with civil works type projects or site projects to try to resolve this issue. Surveyors play an important part in this because they are the, the, on the ground uh, collecting and measuring this information. And the key here is having information in 3D. Um, the, the key to BIM has been their gross representation of the building. Uh, we are going to apply the same process to uh, modeling the surface and subsurface features of a project, whether it be for a, a, a building or for some type of infrastructure uh, project. It, uh, it, it works uh, the same way. Um, so the, the key is, is 3D modeling, and it really makes some people kind of raise their eyebrows like, well, that. That's not what surveyors do. Uh, we do just 2D stuff, or we do contours. Um, well, this is to, to, to gain the efficiencies and projects and reduce this risk. Uh, we do need to have all the information that we can gather, and that uh, that involves uh, the X and Y, uh, 2D information plus elevation information. Um, we, we've been... Um, impacted by projects where, yes, we, we knew the X and Y location in the ground, but uh, the depth came back to, to bite us. Uh, that has happened uh, many times to us. So we're transitioning to, to BIM, to, to civil information modeling, which is uh, SIM. And this, this has been addressed in the, in the past by other entities in the industry. There was a smart market report 2012 about the business value of infrastructure. Um, they recognize that uh, the, the benefits of seeing the BIM can also be applied across infrastructure. It's a very good report. And um, that's kind of where we're taking off. It's, it's a transition uh, for surveyors and for civil engineers to, to, um, to plan and survey and design and instruct with 3D tools as uh, an asset and um, something to, to bring the project to minimize risk. At the end of the day, whether it's BIM or SIM, it is about minimizing risk of errors and omissions or discovering the unknown uh, towards pre- producing a cost-effective and safe project. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when you when you made the, the comment about um, surveyors perhaps saying that's, that's not what we do. And the thought that came to my mind is that what surveyors do is provide data information and and in the case of boundaries their their professional perspective on what their clients need um, and but sometimes we tend to box ourselves in and not reach out to to na- new technologies that help us help our clients in a in a broader way than than we were of course then ironically if somebody else tries to do it then we're like well they can't do that that belongs to us so it's it's a uh, Sort of an interesting dynamic that that when you see that perspective that that's not what we do. Well, of course it's what we do. We just have to figure out how to do it. Um, and for from that perspective, Lou, maybe you can share with us um, some of your thoughts on, on that and how surveying is involved in this process. Yeah, definitely, Kurt. This is uh, this is a survey activity. Uh, the definition of survey has has evolved. Um, I, I remember not too long ago, uh, a gentleman in our profession 
made the statement that uh, we're going the, the route of the dinosaurs. We're dying. Uh, but that's not true. Uh, what I see is a whole world of opportunities because nobody measures better than a surveyor. And when we take this concept, this innovation, like what the core is defining here, and we look at the potential for the surveyor for a, a site model, which basically the engineer is going to go in and he's going to design in a 3D world. We live in a 3D world. And when we, we start designing in a 3D world and we see what's going to happen with that site, there's always the issue of the survey sim. Well, what, what is survey sim? That's defining geospatially everything that's, that's on that site. Now, that means at grade, that means above grade, and that means below grade. So we, we have the typical features that we as surveyors will typically pick up, even to include the boundary survey. That is an essential part of the design package. How many times has somebody built a building on another site? That's happened. Having this information and being able to include that into a fully federated model is the key. And as, as surveyors were able to capture those things, not only the positions of the, the roads and the utility uh, poles, those types of things, but also to be able to examine what's underground. And that process is the process that's known as SUE, or uh, 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 survey uh, subsurface utility engineering. And subsurface utility engineering is more survey than it is engineering because we're geospatially locating those things that can't be seen. And there's some very powerful tools out there to do that. So when we start breaking down the silos and we start looking at an innovative process like what the core is designing here, we're going to find more and more opportunities for the surveyor to become a leader and, and involved in the total program. And those tools that you're talking about, of course, um, some types of tools have been around for a really long time for finding things below the surface, uh, some better than others. And so I'm, I know this is one of the things that surveyors will be interested in, in talking about because, as you know and I know as surveyors, we, we struggle mightily all the time to provide that subsurface information that our clients are looking for, and oftentimes we're left to other people to tell us where that is underground, uh, whether it's the uh, the one call or a utility company or whatever the case may be. So. I would think that people in our audience would be interested in learning more about that side of it. I won't say we've got the on-surface on side of it uh, figured out. We, we'd like to think we do. But certainly the, the subsurface part is a, is an interesting element. So I, I don't know if you have anything else to, to share with that, or, or maybe maybe you can tell us if there's some sort of a innovative way to make this happen. Well, I think the innovative way is, is the process that's being defined by, by uh, what Steve is doing. And it is a process. Uh, subsurface utility engineering, uh, the, the, the process of SUE is well defined within the ASCE 3802, which defines the different levels of uh, subsurface investigations that's done. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but uh, I think maybe Steve can kind of introduce what the innovative approach is to include SIM in the total package, and we'll, we'll coin a phrase here in a few minutes. So, Steve? We didn't lose Steve, did we? 
Oh, I'm so yes, no, yes. You're talking about this integrated work uh, work process, and it is about integrating what we've called in the survey sim. So it's the the, the model of existing conditions developed that survey, the uh, the site sim, which is the the design by engineers of the site requirements, the you know, roads, parking lots, uh, lighting systems, et cetera, utilities uh, above and below ground. And then the uh, the BIM for the the building if there's one on, on the site. So we want to integrate all that information towards the betterment of the project. In essence, it's a four-step workflow, and we we start with existing conditions. And the first part is is survey and site integration uh, with an initial survey. So that's that's just a, a a typical survey. Um, and there's three three parts to that. Um, then preliminary site civil design, and then we go into the risk reduction, SUE. And um, uh, I'll let Lou kind of take us more into what it talks about this uh, starting those, those steps one, two, and three. Before you start, Lou, I'll just interject. It's it's a shame that we're doing an audio show and we don't have a visual component. Because some of the materials you guys sent to me uh, with with some of the diagrams and the the drawings that you sent really kind of brings this thing to light. So I wish my audience could see that more. So having said that, Lou, you'll have to draw the picture verbally. <laughs> and 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 that's absolutely true. Uh, you know the old saying that uh, you know a, a picture is worth a thousand words is absolutely absolutely true. And in the processes that we're using today, to be able to do that visualization, to be able to do a fly-through, to be able to do a, a, a conflict analysis, and to do it visually, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. But as Steve alluded to, in, in building this, this SIM model, there are, uh, there are aspects that, that mirror exactly what the, the national BIM standards call for for building information. Uh, you're going to have the, the design authoring. You're going to have the reviews. You're going to have the interface, the 3D coordination, which will show conflicts. You're going to have the 4D aspect for while it's in construction. And you're going to have the estimation as well as, as the record modeling. And, and what we've been able to do is develop a, a, a fairly straightforward 3D step-by-step how do we get there. How do we, you don't try to eat a cake at one setting. You eat it a piece at a time. So the first step is, is the initial SIM uh, survey, and that's basically reviewing records, uh, doing the typical aerial surveys, uh, measurements, and using uh, up to possibly level B of, uh, of, of the SUEB uh, perspective. And, and to define those, basically level D of SUE as defined in ASC 3802, is basically just a, a record review. You don't even necessarily go to the field. C, you begin to go to the field and you begin to survey those things that, that are visible. And we do that with a, with a number of type, uh, uh, types of equipment, whether it be a total station or whether it be a, a LIDAR scanner. We begin to geospatially locate those. Level B is where we begin to apply the electromagnetic equipment, the GPR, and even uh, be able to, to hook up and define where the location of that utility is. Level A of, of the Sioux process is probably the most expensive 
And this is where we're able to incorporate within the workflow that ability to to. I hate to interrupt you, Lou, but I think we're going to have to leave it there for our second break, and we'll pick up on that topic when we come back. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for QuickStakes today. This is Michael Connolly inviting you to listen each Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern to my show, Our Constitution, only on America's web radio. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before we went to the, to the last break, Lou was beginning to talk to us about the, the three-step process for gathering and exchanging information. And um, maybe, maybe, Lou, for our, for our listeners' edification, when you're talking about the, this process itself, um, let's make sure that people understand who the players are at whatever point because, you know, a typical surveyor is going to go out and they're going to take a job, then they're going to go out and gather some data, and then they're going to process some data, and they're going to share it with somebody. And as you know, oftentimes in a, in a building and construction process, the surveyor sort of comes and goes through the design process all the way through to land it on the ground for construction sometimes. So uh, maybe as we're going through this process of talking about the steps in in the sim um, are the sur- I guess the, the question I'm asking is who all's involved in that? I mean, is it the whole team that's involved, sharing information back and forth as it goes, or is it sort of a traditional you go get it, show it to me, and then I'll talk to you? Well, it, it definitely is a two way street, uh, uh, Kurt. Um, sharing the data is essential in the, this whole workflow that we're talking about. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, we've got to we've got to tear down those silos that we've been operating in. And basically, what this three-step process does is it kind of lays out the process that will have involvement from from different aspects, not just the surveyor, but the surveyor plays a key role in that this information, this data, needs to be geospatial. It needs to be located because it's going to tie back to a BIM design, which is geospatial. So the connection between BIM and SIM is a two-way street, 
And as we build these relationships, as we tear down these silos, that communication becomes comes easier. There's a word that's used in the uh, in the BIM environment called interoperability. Interoperability also applies to field activities. How do I how do I produce something that the the user that uh, is going to build on that is going to be able to relate to? And this three-step process basically involves the initial uh, civil information survey. What is the initial information that's gathered? And then the primary site survey for the design, uh, how is that developed? And it's built on survey information. And then how does that civil information survey, Sioux survey, uh, reduce risk? So when we look at the initial survey, that is the, the beginning prospect. I'm out there uh, vertically locating, horizontally locating, using aerial photography, using uh, terrestrial LIDAR, airborne LIDAR. I'm using all the tools in my toolbox to do that very preliminary initial survey, even to possibly including some of the Sioux activity, maybe levels uh, C, D, up to B. You may get the electromagnetics involved, but you know initially what you're looking for is good information that can be designed from. And then we have step two, which is the preliminary site design, where the designer takes that information and, and he produces using the multidiscipline uh, design reviews to make sure that there are no conflicts at this stage of the process. So now we've taken another bite out of the entire activity. And then finally, the result is that I'm going to be able to reduce risk because now I have good preliminary information, I have good preliminary design, I've able to, been able to do a clash analysis and detect where there might be problems, and I very specifically can say, I need specific information at this particular point. And that's where we would go in and we would begin to use level A of Sioux. We would, we would do a non-invasive excavation, we'd be able to touch and identify the utility and prescribe exactly what it is. Again, all of that is geospatial, and we build a three-dimensional model piece by piece of this so that it fits directly into the workflow. And that's kind of how the surveyor's aspect, it doesn't, it doesn't end just with, okay, here's my boundary survey or here's my location. There's additional information that's going to be gathered that's going to need good geospatial support, and that's what we do with surveyors. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense to me and, and kind of what I was alluding to before. So we're we're breaking the mold, so to speak, of the way we've always thought about things where a client contacts a surveyor and says, I need information on X property uh, or X facility to do something. And traditionally the surveyor has gone and gathered the data as well as they can and handed it over to say, here you go, have a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. But now that just kind of begins the process. And so I guess the, the difference in my mind is the initial effort is not anticipated or expected to be a final product. It's expected exactly. to be the first product or the first step in the process of this collaboration. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, absolutely. And I think Steve can describe uh, better what the Army Corps approach is on this uh, integrated work process. Uh, yeah, so if if money was no object, then uh, we we would say do a quality level A 
uh, survey of the project site. We don't want to have any unknowns. We want to know what's out there, surface and subsurface-wise, but that is not practical. Uh, funds are not unlimited. So the the efficiency of this process is, as, as Lou mentioned, uh, three three steps. Uh, the first, a traditional survey, you know, as built field survey, whatever the way it's always been done, and that information, uh, well, with three D modeled information, but then that's given to the designers to say, look, designers, here is here is what we know based off traditional methods. So if if you need to design a sewer line. Uh, start at this point of your of your building and head in this direction. Um, there's some areas here that you might want to pay attention because there there's some things there. If if you can lay your sewer line in this other direction, it looks like it's pretty pretty clear. But if you must go through this this area of a lot of potential unknowns because we don't have a full off level A of the survey, um, tell us the exact points. And I, I mean, I do mean exact. Give us a, a, a path or a corridor where you really need to run utilities, and then we'll come back with the, you know, we call it the risk reduction survey uh, for quality A, ground penetrating radar, et cetera, uh, only at those points. So that that right there reduces the cost of getting the quality information that we need, and re- reducing the the risk of, of oops. So. Everybody now has a good picture of what exactly is out there on the site. Now, what if we could also tie in the building information model with the civil information model? By bringing those two together, with both three components, we see the entire project in its proper context. And this will allow us to verify that, yes, the utility leaving the building at this location, at this depth, at this slope, and tying into the civil information modeling design, everything matches up. Uh, there, there should be no surprises in the field whatsoever. Uh, there have been several cases where utilities um, do, do not meet once they reach a, a building, et cetera. Um, this integration between all disciplines, whether you work in the building or you work on the site, um, everything now comes together. And what is ironic about this is that every every building project, every facility project out there, unless it's a renovation job, um, there is a site component to it, a site design. So it, it makes sense to to bring in the the building and the site together, so we have the, the common operating picture of what exactly is going on there. That is, that in essence is is summary of this integrated work process. So, in in going through this process and getting data that's most useful for whatever our our objective is, is there anything built in it that assists in finding the the most difficult for the surveyor, the underground, um, to to show where it is accurately? Uh, and, and Lou, you'll know what I'm talking about here when you're trying to get uh, some utility company or some owner of a facility to help you figure out where things actually are. Is there something built into this system that brings them into the process somehow? The, the, the whole process, as it's gone through step by step, does it in the most efficient way. Now, 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we absolutely will find 100% everything. Uh, but the, the technology is, is evolving such that there are tools that are available, like multi-channel ground penetrating radar. Uh, there's a process now that's, that's being pushed forward known as tomography. Tomography basically allows you to uh, use information that you gather through a multi-source of, of tools to be able to generate a, 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 an accurate XYZ of an underground utility. But that accuracy is only good at that point in which it's discovered. You don't know that two foot down that line, it doesn't take a deep dive or it doesn't come up or what it does. So as we develop these models, we develop the model with the information that with an assurance you can know where this is. And as, as Steve was alluding to that, as the engineer starts to define, I need a utility going north or I need it going south, then he has taken that, that large area and very much condensed it into saying, I need very accurate information in this area. And the tools that we have now that, that are, are progressively getting better at doing what they do, the, the ability to reach out and touch it is the only guarantee that you have. i give you an example. One of the SU processes, even if you excavate and, and, and you use what they call a pothole, you use a giant vacuum cleaner to suck a little hole down, and you see that utility and you identify it, one of the processes simply was to measure how deep it was from the ground. Well, that isn't XYZ information. That's information that says from the surface of the ground to the utility, it's two foot deep. But what happens if somebody comes in and they add some soil? Or, God forbid, that they go in and they do some excavation. Maybe they do some clearing and grudging, uh, grubbing. All of a sudden, you've got a utility that's a foot higher than what you thought it was. And if that's a gas line or high-power voltage line, that's going to kill somebody. So this whole process, using all of the tools that are available, following the direct uh, workflow, is going to give you the assurance and it's going to reduce that risk that you're either going to kill somebody or you're going to have to stop the process until you figure out what's going on. So those tools are available. And as surveyors, we have access to those. We have the ability to tie those precisely with X, Y, Z values. That makes a lot of sense. So after we come back from the break, I guess that can lead us then to how does all this collaborative work that we've done through our processes facilitate then the design and construction, optimizing that process. Uh, perhaps we can talk about that when we come back from the break. And then um, maybe you guys can crystal ball into the future and tell me what you may think about what's coming uh, maybe somewhere else because uh seems like yesterday nobody would have thought of this, but it, it it's just interesting how it all evolves in, in my mind and thinking back over the years of surveying. So let's go to our last break. When we come back, we'll talk about that, that design and construction process. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. 
Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back for our final segment today with Steve and Lou, and we've been talking about building up to a a process, and now I guess we're ready to design and build things. So, Steve, you could talk to us about that. Yes. So, we're talking about now the design and construction optimization um, so this is, by designer seeing both uh, accurate existing condition, I say accurate as we mentioned earlier, we're going to capture 100% everything with the survey SIM, no, but we're going to drastically uh, increase the, the information that is available through this uh, four-step process. Um, it gives the engineers, designers, architects more information than they've ever had before. And this will really allow them this opportunity to, to visualize those existing and proposed, as he there proposed, surface and subsurface features, uh, utilities, uh, infrastructure, etc. Just to make sure that their design intent um, is going to work within the context of the building design and the site site design and site conditions. We're bringing all the pieces together to, to fit in a solid product. And the result is this helps with facilitating coordination during during construction. The construction contractor um, should should not have any surprises or drastically reduce surprises during construction. Everything should fit between where systems connect between the exterior and the interior of the building for those utilities and infrastructure, et cetera. And this also helps support 3D analysis. Uh, of, of the systems and the cost impacts in real time when you integrate the BIM and the, the SIN because as, as the billing design is, is updated and the site design is updated, both, both I'll call them sides, okay, both aspects of the project can see those, those changes and can adjust their designs accordingly and can coordinate in real time accordingly. It is a very effective process to maximizing the, the, the benefits on the project while reducing the risk. And there's, uh, you know, um, 
the industry has adopted BIM um, because they have seen a, a drastic improvement in quality of products. And so let's let's apply the same benefits to what we're doing on the site. And, and many agencies are picking up on that, such as your uh, transportation uh, departments across the various states, very heavy in requiring that infrastructure roads Highways, bridges, are design, with civil information modeling, et cetera, you know, rail systems. Um, those are all being coordinated around the same type of philosophy. Uh, let's get as much information as we can. Yeah, this is, and I, I want to get some, some closing thoughts from, from you both when we go by, but again, as we continue to talk, I'm, I'm thinking back to history. And years ago, I, I had a project that was at a, a paper product. Uh, or paper company or paper production company where they took pulpwood in and eventually turned that into paper and they had an old flume system for how they conveyed the pulpwood around to the plant. They decided to do it on a bunch of towers with conveyors. And I just recall that was that took me about a year and a half to lay that job out, mostly because the design was being done as I was going most of the time rather than having all the information I needed to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I that's just one small little example, of course, of, of how this how this system can work because you have almost every element that's going to be involved in whether it's transporting something from one place to another or whatever the case may be, you're building a high-rise or whatever. Uh, I can certainly see how this coordination of the two systems uh, can make that, make that happen more readily and more correctly uh, more accurately, I guess we servers like to talk about accuracy more than we do precision because accuracy means that's where it actually is. Um, so, again, I, I don't want to close off the conversation, but but I am interested in your thoughts as we look forward. Let me share one thing with you quickly, Kurt, uh, talking about the construction optimization. Uh, it hadn't been too many years ago that we as surveyors uh, – was pounding stakes in the ground, doing uh, blue tops, uh, going back, resetting stakes for construction grade, and it was a continual process. But uh, we've evolved to the point now where we're able to take that information and put it into the machinery. I had the privilege of working with a CAT affiliate at one time, and we were actually working on a process where we did sue at level A, and we could identify utilities, and we could put it in the cab of that excavator. This is processes that are going on today. Every time you drive by a construction, road construction site, you're going to see the GPS units hung on the graders. You're going to see it hung on the bulldozers. This is exactly where we're going with the aspect that the Army Corps is working on to be able to develop that type of information for, uh, uh, for buildings. And, and I know here at Bowman we're, we're very active in pursuing that. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it really is... Uh, uh, a, a part of my project to be able to coordinate uh, with uh, uh, facilities such as, as the Army Corps and, and other government agencies, uh, the Transportation Research Board, because this is surveying, and it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to, to get it right the first time and to be able to collaborate with those other entities that are involved in this activity. Yeah, actually, as you were saying that, one of the things that that appealing from my thought process and uh, as as a surveyor is that it, it's a team now. It's not 
I'm going to do something and you're going to do something, and I hope I do it the way you want it. And if I don't, then you're going to come down on me hard. Um, but now it's more of a team process where everybody's working collaboratively to, to get to where, where you want to be. Yeah. And that's pushed forward a, uh, a process that Steve's going to talk about here as we're closing uh, to bring all of those activities together truly as a team. Now tell us about that, Steve. Yes, and uh, the core engineers has recognized the uh, the benefits of, of integrating these these technologies. So we are transitioning to uh, what we'll call advanced modeling. In essence, it's a subset of geospatial technology technologies, like we discussed today. It is it is bringing in BIM, SIM, uh, GIS, and CAD um, under that advanced modeling. Uh, umbrella, and it's going to be mandatory in, in upcoming uh, contract specification language. Um, and, and also, we've got some engineering construction uh, requirements from headquarters that are mandating the use of BIM and SIM on all of Corps of Engineers projects. So it's, it's here, it's real, it's happening. The, the key, though, is to push this down to the surveys for the projects to be in in 3D so that then the site design can be supported in 3D through this process, this integrated work process we've just described. Um, but the, the next piece here that I think is very important for the survey industry to, to be aware of is the core and other agencies are also transitioning to just a, you know graphic based modeling in terms of designing projects construction etc to um, heavy emphasis on attribution or data collection about those features um, towards the end of being more able to effectively manage projects after construction so it costs, you know, just a, a certain percentage, you know, four, five, six percent of the project for a design and build, but um, or design and the rest being for, for construction. But that, frankly, with the life cycle of the building, that that's a small cost compared to what we have to and pay for upkeep for 30, 40, 50 years of this building. So we want to collect information about assets, either existing assets or assets as they are put into place. When it comes to existing information, this is where the survey industry has a very key role. So instead of out there collecting where where is this stuff in the field, but it's also now where and the what. We want the, the what, you know. So if you come across a transformer, yes, tell us XYZ coordinate system, its location. We want to know the size of this thing, the dimensions of it. We want to know serial number. We want to know make and model, you know, capacities. The condition is that is, is there damage on it. Um, same thing for some type of uh, exterior lighting fixture or pumps. The the list is, is endless. So it's it's very much like subsurface to engineering, uh, which frankly is it's, <laughs> uh, pretty intense to how to effectively discover what's below surface. But it's about getting information. We want to we want good information about even surface stuff, um, because that then tied in with information that we've grabbed about the building. Again, it gives the entire picture about how to best operate and maintain 
and, and go throughout our facilities management systems um, with this information. We call it facility data exchange. What about my site and building do I need to know about maintenance, warranty information, conditions um, that I need to prepare for to honestly be the best steward that we can of these projects that are developed with uh, with their taxes? So I call you guys kind of information sleuths. You, know, um, <laughs> yeah, you are true. Yeah, and this is this is happening. I, I tell our our BIM manager across the core that you are transitioning from managing uh, building information modeling or information modeling, civil information modeling, to frankly just information management, uh, whether it's graphic or some type of database. This is where all this is going, and the survey industry would be wise to to uh, wrap themselves up around those technologies, get to know 3D modeling, get to know a database, because this is where you will see amazing opportunities in the future. And what you just said makes a lot of sense. I mean, we can locate some um, facility on a concrete pad somewhere and put that on a drawing and say to you, here's a concrete pad and it's got this thing on it. But all the other information you were talking about is right there in front of us uh, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases in terms of what it is, sometimes, as you said, with the numbers on it, what have you. So that makes perfect sense to to add that as part of the component, and you're right. We're the people there. We're the ones that should be doing that. So we've got a little less than a minute to go, so I don't want to forget to thank you both for being with me today. This has been very eye-opening, I'm sure, for my audience. I know it has been for me and very interesting uh, to talk about, and hopefully it will make the conversation in the surveying community uh, become more directed uh, toward what we're talking about here today. So thank you both for being with me. Our, our pleasure. You. And it's, this could not have been possible without the work by the New Space Industry SIM uh, Consortium. It's it's partnership with uh, leaders in the survey industry. And they help put this process together with, with the Corps. And I'm uh, just impressed with the work that they do, and I'm always looking for, for new members. So if you're interested, please. Well, good. We, please we at NSPS will have to get involved in that. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you again very much for being with yes, me today. I really appreciate it. Sorry we're out of time. Our Thank pleasure. you. Thanks, Thanks, guys. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.